Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. That's my friend Chris Ford. Oh, he's down below me this time. And then also in between Chris and myself is our friend Chandler Riley. And Chandler is from the Arrow podcast. And he has agreed to join us today as a special guest for a special episode. But before we get to that, Chandler, how's it going? Would you care to introduce yourself and your podcast a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It's really exciting. Uh, so I'm Chandler. I'm one half of the voice of the Arrow podcast. My other co-host, his name is Tony. Couldn't be here with us today, but uh, Tony's a really important part of the show over there. Um, we at the Arrow, we started just about two years ago now. Um, actually, our, sec- our two-year anniversary probably just passed, and we didn't take note of it because we recorded our episodes in advance. So we got to kind of take a look at that. Um, but we started the Arrow podcast two years ago just on an idea of like, hey, let's rewatch the show. Let's rewatch Avatar and make a podcast just reviewing the episodes. Uh, I myself am a, uh, am a mental health counselor. Tony is uh, on his way to being a social worker. So we take a little bit of a mental health spin into the shows as well. Um, and yeah, we just, we just like to have a good time. The Arrow Nation is uh, growing and it's still strong and... Uh, we really, we really just like talking about Avatar and a lot of other things in, in nerd culture as well. We get a lot of time just to talk about kind of whatever we want to. Awesome. I think Chris has like the introductory questions that all all guests must answer in order <laughs> gotcha. to participate. Uh, real quick, randomly, Sean, we have not reached our two year anniversary yet. At the look, because it would have had, it would have just flew past me. July thirteenth, twenty eighteen, when our first. So, oh, so we are coming up. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we should do something special, although we probably won't, honestly. I probably won't remember. <laughs> but you know what? This is uh, It's two weeks after 4th of July, so I'll just try really hard to remember that. Two weeks after 4th of July. Uh, you know what's funny <laughs> is I just had Chandler. It was like, hey, introduce your podcast. You know what? I have a feeling anybody that knows about our podcast probably knows about the Arrow because it's in like all the exact same places. <laughs> it's like yeah. every search, everything, it shows up. Uh, it shows up in the exact same spot, so I imagine they already know. But, uh, but yeah, it's re- thanks, thanks again for joining. We're very excited. It's always mm-hmm. fun just to have guests and add a voice of reason uh, to the yeah, other yeah. insanity <laughs> that is this show. But yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I think that we love having guests too, and we like kind of making some cameos in some other shows. I think that the the Avatar podcasting community is like incredibly friendly. The amount of us that are out there feels like we're not even in competition with one another. We're all just out here trying to help each other out. So it's really cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, opening up questions, which we asked all of our guests. We've only had one so all far. All of our guests. But still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Heather was on one time, so uh, two, two guests. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Heather was on. She doesn't even count. Heather, that's fine. Um, I mean, she doesn't count. She's your wife. We share a microphone. That means she can count. Share other things. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> all right, question. Um, what element would be your element of origin? Uh, yeah. And also, how did you start watching Avatar? Awesome. So my element of choice is air. I uh, have always like known since day one, since the first time I watched Avatar The Last Airbender, I was like, air is the best. Nobody can tell me otherwise. You guys can try to tell me otherwise, but you're not going to convince me. You're not going to sway me. Air is just... I don't know something about it just the the freedom that comes with it looking back at the history of the air nomads and and seeing uh flashbacks of the air nomads and seeing you know just how much fun they were having and how how free they were and i don't know something about it just really really resonates with me and a lot of my friends who know the show well and know me very well also say that oh yeah you'd totally be an airbender so that's where i'm at um in terms of how i started watching the show the show actually debuted 
either a few days before or a few days after my i think it was like my sixth or seventh birthday oh god world oh wow (laughs) (laughs) no 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 2005 so it was actually my it was right around my 10th birthday that the show the show aired um and so i remember actually i didn't watch it right the same day it aired because i was i was supposed to watch it the day that it aired but i also had like a birthday party at like a Chuck E. Cheese or a Dave and Buster's or something like that. Um, One and I was significantly cooler than the other there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I remember I was actually mad. I was telling my parents like, can we cancel my birthday so I can watch this show? Like, it looks really cool. And they were like, no. That's dedication to the game <laughs> though, right there. That's solid. Right. And so uh, I didn't get to watch the first episode until like maybe the next weekend when they, re- re- they re-ran it and then they played the new episode. But I actually saw the new episode first. So I actually saw, I didn't see the boy in the iceberg first. I actually saw um, my dog barking. The Avatar Returns. <laughs> the Avatar Returns, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. My dog is kind of probably heard somebody walking outside. It's like, what episode is that? My dog barking? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. The Avatar Returns is the first episode I saw. And then I went back and saw the original episode. And so ever since then, I was just, I was on board the entire time, even though I didn't get to watch all of them in order for the first two seasons. Uh, I definitely was just a, a dedicated fan. I knew everything about the show that I could know as, you know, an elementary schooler, a middle schooler. Um, definitely got some seasons mixed. The Cave of Two Lovers. Definitely thought that was book one. Don't know how I thought it was book one, mm-hmm. but I definitely thought it was. Because it stands well, out in your brain as such an amazing episode. Such an amazing experience. It does feel book one, though. Yeah, I definitely does, agree. Yeah. Like, there's no Toph there. There's no Zoop go in that episode it could easily fit in season two mm-hmm, book one mm-hmm. that's fair yeah awesome uh random no random question i don't usually ask people so how did you and tony start uh did you guys like know each other for a while or did you guys um, did you love avatar how did you guys yeah. Yeah, for some reason i'm just curious in this yeah so so tony and i um we met in a class at uh, cal state long beach me and tony both went to to undergrad in cal state long beach and we met in a counseling class so both kind of on our way to, into the mental health profession um, and actually, we, we remember the day that we became friends because Tony and I share the same birthday. That's and so crazy. what had happened. What you know, happened, I, was listening, I was listening to one of you guys' episodes and you're talking about your birthday. I was like, wait a minute, are these are you guys brothers? Are they twins? They're talking about <laughs> the same day. I just, yeah. Yeah. Tony's one year, exactly one year older than I am, actually. Nice. And so uh, what ended up happening was I had a really good friend in that class and she was saying like, oh, what are you going to be doing for your birthday tonight? And Tony walked up to me and he was like, oh, it's my birthday too. Happy birthday. And then it, I don't know what happened there, but we just became friends. We were both, we were both really into comic books at the time. That's right when around, that's right around the time that Rebirth, like DC Rebirth started happening. So Jeez, we were, right. um, oh, as if that, to me that was like not that long ago, but it seems no, long to, ago. To me, it doesn't really feel that long ago either, but. Okay. At this time, it's like two degrees ago at this point, you know, it's like, but DC Rebirth started happening. And so we were talking about that a lot. We, and then we found out that we lived across the street from one another. So we became really, really close friends. And then when I moved to San Diego, uh, starting the podcast was not only a way to, you know, do something fun and, and rewatch the show, but it was a way to kind of stay connected. Um, and through that, me and Tony went from becoming really good friends to probably like the best of friends. Like he's like one of my best friends, top three people in my life, I would say. 
That's well, awesome. Sean does not hold top three people in my life. No, it's all right. You got a big family, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Sean's story is way more boring than that. <laughs> <laughs> Our origin story Sean needs some, a, uh, needs some cinematic corporate life. <laughs> <laughs> No, our uh, our origin underwear. story really needs some some creative liberties taken with it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't even think I'm in the top three people in my own house, and oh there's only two people and a dog. But it's all right. <laughs> what's, it's all right. What's what's the Cliff Notes version of this origin story over here? Uh, we worked uh, at Payless Shoe Source corporate headquarters together for like five years. Oh wow! Give it four, four or five. Uh, kind of get the dates mixed up. So back when Payless Shoe Source was still a thing in in North America. <laughs> Okay. We worked there. Are they and that all is in now? that is in luxurious Topeka, Kansas. Um mm. yeah, and so now we work different jobs and then we're about an hour apart. Um but uh Chris is definitely my uh I don't you know, I won't rank the people in my life, but he's my go to nerd. That's gotta count for something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My number one nerd. Um oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Any anytime, anytime. <laughs> but hey, uh not to not to uh hinder the conversation. We do uh, have a big episode planned for today, a special episode, actually, and it's got about 15 elements baked into it. So I think if you guys don't mind, we will go ahead and get started, because for today's special episode, we're going to try to replace March Madness in our life in some small way by hosting our own non-bender tournament. We're going to determine who is the best non-bender. So I'm going to let Chris set us up with some instructions Yes. So this is a non-bender tournament. All the time people talk about, um, you know, benders, what bender would win here, what bender would win there, but we gotta got to appreciate the non-benders in our lives because there's some very, very skilled non-benders. So I took the liberty of going ahead and ranked all the non-benders, the top 16 of them. Unfortunately, there was not 64 I could choose from, like <laughs> March Madness. That would be way too long. Um, and I ranked them on my own ranking, you, anyone can disagree with them as if you want to do. Um, and so we're going to debate them. Uh, each one of us kind of just talk through match by match who we think would win. And since there are three of us, we can easily come to a, a good tiebreaker. And then we'll go match by match and we'll eventually get to the best non-bender in Avatar, the last airbender universe. So both Avatar, last airbender and the Legend of Korra. Um, Cool. Sean, you want to go ahead and say what the uh, say what the rankings are, or sure wait, I can actually. I can do it as well. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay, whatever. You'll mispronounce fewer names. You will mispronounce. <laughs> I will okay, so I do have the ranking here. So number one, I ranked at Pian Dao. So he comes in. What, what they call the ranking? What they call KU's ranking? What, what do they call that? Overall, no, one, one seed. First, one That's number one overall. Cool. Yeah. Number one overall seed, Pian Dao, Master Pian Dao. Number two, Ty Lee. Number three, Suki. Number four, Asami. Number five, Jet. Number six, Amon's Lieutenant. Seven, Hakoda. Eight, The Blue Spirit. Nine, June. Ten, Sokka. Eleven, May. Twelve, the Yuan Archer. They're like the, the main Archer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number, crap, I forgot where I was at. Thirteen. Wait, what? Twelve? Boomy? Uh, 13 oh, boomy, right? 13 boomy. Yes, th- sorry, 13 boomy. Um, 14 long shot from the Freedom Fighters. 15 pipsqueak. And 
16, the Duke. So uh, it sounds yeah, so like this... the... Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. Go ahead with the matchups. It, well, it, it sounds like uh, the idea here is that we'll spend a couple minutes having a discussion, and then we will essentially come to like a vote to yes. to, to push one person on to the next round. All right. Yes. Uh, in that case, I think if you guys are ready, I am ready yeah. for for battle for battle number one, death match round one, <laughs> and that is uh, Piandao and the Duke, <laughs> the one sixteen game. Will there be an upset okay. in the one sixteen matchup? Uh, I uh, say let's, let's to start the discussion. I say no. <laughs> <laughs> an upset here? You know, I can't. I can't really see it. I'm really trying to think of anything that that the Duke can do <laughs> against Pandao. Uh, he he's probably a little bit better at hiding, being so small. Um, but obviously, hiding doesn't win you a fight. <laughs> so. I can't really tell how the Duke would be able to win this one. Especially in the, uh, we talked just a little bit before we started about kind of where we were thinking uh, a, a bending arena, like in a, in a pro bending match, but just with non-benders, like an enclosed space, uh, hiding, hiding, not going to, not going to play a huge role here. Um, right. You know what? I would love to hear uh, also within the discussion. I don't know about you guys, but I filled out like my entire bracket also almost in a predictive way. Um, so I'd mm-hmm. love to know just also who you predicted whether or not that jives with what we what we ultimately vote so like who who we think oh. will win well because like, i know well, I know just just your actual win. prediction if you if you took okay. down your own bracket oh i did uh, not, I did not do my own bracket oh okay no. well then never mind, never mind. <laughs> bad idea that's all right i say bad ideas sometimes I, I looked i looked at the list and i said okay based off of like where the bracket's set i think that this person's gonna win but okay we'll talk about that toward the end that's I, fair all right i just did it for fun i was like i kind of want to decide who i think will We'll get through these. I now wish I had, but it's too late now. Screw yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Do it live. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference. Great reference. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know how much discussion <laughs> this one merits, really. I I, I love Piandao, and so unless somebody puts up a strong vote for the Duke. Okay, but, so we are, we are covering their whole entire, um, pretty much up to the, their point in, in that we know them. So, the, so for like Avatar characters, be from the point of comics and core characters pretty much up to the point in the current comics mm-hmm. um and i really i like to think outside the box here but i can't really think of duke i mean he has a strong helmet he does wear a good yeah helmet. That's a good looking helmet yeah <laughs> i'm stuck like the, the helmet but that that's that's your head <laughs> sword is everywhere else yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> well and you know the discussion it may not seem super interesting for this one but keep in mind we got 15 total games right. so you will you will get to get those out of the box chops uh, working at some point definitely will all right yeah, i'm gonna go ahead and uh, give, just give pandal this win let's, this let's do that one this will probably be the shortest match yeah i think that's well and it's supposed to be right that's just how it goes right. this one should be much much better in my okay. opinion we got round, uh, round one number eight blue spirit number nine june the dreaded eight nine matchup Ooh. okay my my big question here because we all know who the blue spirit is, right? Like we know, <laughs> we know Zuko is the blue spirit. We're just ignoring Zuko's bending and just going yeah. with him as the blue spirit. Essentially, as he never in, in his blue spirit, guys, at least to my knowledge and probably Chris's, I would hope he would correct me if I'm wrong, but he does not ever bend as the blue spirit. So I think that's all we were going no. off of is the standard sword right. play. Right. There's only a few people in the world who also know that Zuko's the blue spirit too, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So That's true. And the mask is gone. The proof is gone. 
I like the episode when he throws the mask out. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it out just by yeah, saying yeah, I only voted Aang, for the... Yeah, only Aang and, and, only Aang and uh, Iroh knows for the boost. Oh, and Zhao, but he's not alive. Yeah, he's not alive. I voted Blue Spirit just thinking that uh, I, I put, and I noticed throughout the entire bracket, my mind, like, in a tiebreaker, I usually waited toward, like, formal training. Like, Zuko has so much formal martial artist training um, and he's got two swords, which I feel like I value a little bit above a whip personally. So I I picked him, but I appreciated this as a good eight nine matchup. But my vote will go towards Blue Spirit. I think my vote also would probably go towards Blue Spirit. And I think uh, my biggest thing is, in if you look at, I know that this is not an actual Blue Spirit appearance, but in Zuko alone, for example, right? Like before he breaks out his fire bending, he's actually able to hold his own against the earthbender that's coming at him with just his swords when he's trying to conceal his identity and, and not be the prince of the fire nation he does end up getting knocked out eventually but i think that the fact that he was able to hold his own i haven't i don't know if i have any record of june having any kind of feats of you know holding her own against so many benders right yeah yeah, and and in Zuko's credit, he was trained by Master Pian Dao, so that has to that has to stand for something. Um, June, man, I love the character of June so much. Weirdly enough, you know, she doesn't she doesn't appear in a show all that often. I just really love that scene of her in the bar, just mm-hmm. taking out everybody. She does seem more agile than than the Blue Spirit does. Um, oh, think about the Blue Spirit, uh, the escape scene though, like when he's he's. I mean, that's mostly Aang. Uh, or I could be mistaken. I guess it helps to have the avatar around, I suppose. <laughs> I I do think I do think that this would not this wouldn't be a blowout by any means. I don't think that this is like one where the blue spirit takes it over June. I, I see I see June as kind of like this this black canary, black widow type character mm. that we just we just don't get to see very much from. I think that if maybe we had, you know, one more episode with her, one or two more episodes with her where we could actually see what, what she was doing, but you know what we ever see is um, the episode in the fortune teller, and we see her in the finale, right? Like we we yeah. see two times where where she shows up, and both times she has a really great showing. I mean, she's able to make it on this list, but at the end of the day, halfway up the list too, like it's no slouch. But yeah, I just I don't have enough information either. Um, yeah. I think the biggest question here is would June be able to disarm the blue spirit? Because I think she's a better hand-to-hand fighter mm-hmm. than the blue spirit. And I, I, I think she could possibly disarm one sword, but I think the blue spirit is comfortable enough with one sword. And also, you, you know, he'll be on a guarded with that sword. You're not going to give up that second sword um, that, right. that he will still be able to fight off June. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my vote would also be the Blue Spirit. I, I kind I kind of wish I didn't <laughs> didn't rank it this way. I would like to see June go a little a little farther, a little bit farther. Tough right? breaks. Yeah. Well, and let's be there are some other breaks in this list that are even uh, more challenging or, or frustrating. Maybe not as close to games, but some oh, tough yeah. breaks in here. So uh, yeah, your, your list was almost crueler than than the March Madness that we put together with. Uh... Beyond Portal cast and Beyond Bending, where Aang and Zuko went against each other in terms of who's your favorite character in the first round. <laughs> that was, oh, geez, it was a cruel, cruel start right there, man. Yeah, very cruel. Well, it happened. That's that's that. Yeah, that is hard. 
I like one that we got. I like one that's coming up here a whole lot, but we'll get to it when okay. the time comes. For now, uh, Blue Spirit, we okay Blue with Spirit that one? Takes, or, yeah, Blue Spirit takes it for Semi-begrudgingly. Okay, uh, next game, number four, Asami versus number 13, Commander Boomy. The, the non-Bender Boomy. Wow, you put some respect Boomy. on his name. That's good. Commander Boomy. <laughs> well, I, you know, I should have typed it in, but it's okay. He knows I respect him. Hmm. I, I have a hard time calling an upset on this one. Just there again, what what I see from Asami and the weapon that she has at her disposal. Trying to picture her in a fight with a Boomy is... I, I, I have a hard time finding any reason to pick Boomy to win. So. Now, Boomy is the most unconventional fighter there is. Like, I, I, I honestly wish they would have gave him more of an ability in the show. Because I think a character like him would have... You know, he, he's not a bender. He didn't start off as a bender. And so he would have, have you know, really put a lot of uh, time and effort into becoming a great swordsman or a great very, hand-to-hand fighter. Well, especially if like it was a very unique weapon of some, like some sort of unconventional weapon that suited the way that he behaves and acts. Right. Yeah. Well, you would, you would also think that like Boomy, and I think that a, a big part of where Boomy, he's down at 13 on this list, but we, we don't get to see Boomy in his prime, but you would have to assume that someone who's, whose uncle is Sokka, who grew exactly. up with, uh, you know, with uh, as Ang as his father, Katara as his mother, uh, all these great martial artists, whether they're benders or not, around. Like he would pick up some really, really great skills. Um, so it's unfortunate we never get any kind of scenes of him in his prime because I think that if we did, maybe he would definitely be able to hold himself better in this fight. Um, and 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 who knows? Maybe he does have some tricks up his sleeve that we don't know about. I don't know if this would be a blowout either. I'm leaning towards Asami though, just because of everything we've seen from her. She's just, just totally got, got got what she needs to do to just hold her own in a fight. She got that. Yeah, Asami is. Glove. Yeah, that Euclid's glove. One thing that's that's a that's a shocker. But but I'm possibly. I wonder if that could kind of. Boomy operates in a mode of, of of accidents like there's also there's almost he has like a superpower almost of like a <laughs> domino where like something unlikely could happen but because it's boomy it could possibly happen i mean when he took out the whole freaking brigade of of northern water tribe soldiers with nothing but a flute <laughs> and he talks about other stories about how like <laughs> He he took and I, I believe these stories because he's he's done some crazy things before. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I could see an upset happening here. Everything logical in my mind tells me just go with Asami, but also I could just like imagine that scenario where Boomy's just like crawling around Asami, trying to get away from her. She's like controlling the fight the whole time, and then through some accident, he turns her glove against her and electrocutes her. That you know, happens I, maybe one yeah. out of ten times, but it could. I could see it happen. I, I I also think that like Boomy being kind of like the guy he is, he's he's a little bit bumbling, he's a little bit clumsy. I think that Asami might let her guard down in a way where he would be able to take advantage of that at some points. You know, what I was I mean? thinking the exact opposite. I was thinking Asami's very <laughs> uh, not not rigid, but very what's the word like disciplined, uh, martial art style would would hold up perfectly well against Boomy's accidents or anything. But, you know, it's it's funny how that could I mean, all it takes is one trip up, right? And then you've got yeah, your own yeah. equalist glove in your own face. Hmm. I think at the end of the day I, I still have to go with Sami on this one. I I hate to like have not been contrarian 
one time yet, but, but I think I still have to go with Sami on this one. Uh, you know, being contrarian's fun, but we there, there's plenty of time. It's going to come up. Um, I'm still taking Asami. I wish Boomy had a weird-ish weapon like a... Uh, I'm, I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh fan. The first thing I thought it was like kunai with chain. Like if he had the long kunai with chain, <laughs> something just a little yeah. weird, but that still like leverage strength and agility and all these other abilities he has. But he doesn't. So Asami. it's crazy to me that they didn't pass down the boomerang thing from Sokka. <sighs> what a miss! Yeah, what a miss. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of miss there. Um, mm. You know what? When you know before March Madness starts, you know everybody, all the uh, analysts and stuff talk about who's going to win and and when where, and they never. They rarely ever pick the upsets because everything largely telling you that no, this is not going to happen. This team should beat this team 99 out of 100 times. But you know what? I'm going to take Boomy here. Also, because it doesn't matter because I'm just going to win from you guys' votes. That's that true. That's sense. true. Hey, you know yeah. what? Next time, let's. Uh, well, I, it's been just because I talk a lot uh, on accident, uh, but we've gone in like the same order. We should shake up the order so different people have the swing votes at different times. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. we'll do that. Uh, Chandler, why don't you start the next one? You give us your opinion first. We okay. got number five, Jet, versus uh, number 12, however you say that name, the, the Huan the Archer. Huan? Is it not Yuyan? Yuyan. I think it's, I think it's uh, Y-U-A-N. Uh, no, I actually looked up the spelling. The spelling I'm confident uh, oh, my in. Bad. Um, <laughs> but how to pronounce it, I'm not confident <laughs> in. That Archer. The Archer. The good one, particularly. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah, lead yeah. one. Um, so going first, I think that so Jet, Jet is one of my favorite fighters in the show, to be 100% honest. I've always. Oh, thank you. Another Jet fan. Thank you. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Jet fan. I'm a, a fan of Jet's fighting style, though, for sure. Good enough. <laughs> um, I just think that the way that those swords work, they kind of, they curl around each other at the end. The uh, the hilts of the hilts of the sword also have a blade on the bottom, a small little kind of point at the bottom. Yeah. That you use. Um, he's he's quick, he's agile, he's a bit unpredictable. Um, so I'd easily like to give, I'd easily like to give the fight to him. However, um, the archer, you know, he's an archer. He doesn't have to fight at close range. Um, the fact is, is that I think that that archer is skilled enough to be able to to draw the bow fast enough that uh, he would give Jet a lot of time to. Or he wouldn't give Jet a lot of time to approach. Um, he would probably leave Jet outside of his comfort zone. And he, I, I don't remember the episode completely clearly, but I do believe that he's able to do a, a bit of close, close corners combat, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah, I, I would kind of assume he was. I mean, he was part of the rough rhinos. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was also, side note, he also... Uh, was tasked by Fire Lord Ozai to go kill Ursus' husband. No, not husband, boyfriend. Um, that doesn't matter. But yeah, Yuyan archers are almost like metahumans when it comes to their <laughs> abilities. And, and, and him being the, the captain of them, I mean, they can, the way that General Zhao describes them is that they can pin a fly to a wall without killing it. <laughs> like, that's some precision that is is un unmatched, unheard and of. Yet they work for oh. Zhao. <laughs> and uh. and I do I do love Jet's fighting style. I think it's it's a really I think against most people, it's a really good fighting style. 
Um, but also, I think he's not as trained. Even though, you know, he has an archer on his team, I don't think he would have really trained against against right. him all that much. And also, I think the Yu Yan archer is a better archer. Oh, get no no offense, but he's probably a better archer than than long shot. Right. Um, well, also, I just don't see where I have long shot ranked. But I just, I just don't see Jet being in, incredibly disciplined in his fighting style either. As as yeah. fun as it is to watch. It's a little bit uh, sporadic. It's a little bit outrageous. Um, it's it's not it's not this calm, cool, collected fighting style that we talked about with Asami and with the Blue Spirit, right? It's it's this more kind of out there, wild fighting style, which has Aggressive. its merits, but against against the Yuan Archer, who's someone who is literally a a, a trained war machine. I don't know yeah. how well he can he would be able to handle someone who's so calm and collected in battle. I assume the Yuyan archers are trained from like toddler age <laughs> up. Like the Fire Nation <laughs> just recruits them. Right. Because they're just that. That type of commitment has to be from a really early age. Uh, so a few things is that I am uh, I am also assuming that the archer has some type of... First of all, I'm picking the archer. Uh, <laughs> but I'm assuming that the archer has some kind of hand-to-hand combat. Some amount. Just any amount at all. Second... If there was, if we were talking about in the trees or in close quarters, uh, which is where we've seen Jet's best work, it would be much easier to pick Jet in in those types of situations. You know, Archer working through trees, buildings, that type of thing. Uh, but we're not. We're in a in a big open arena. And mm. three, I play a lot of strategy RPGs, and the ranged like strategic use of ranged attacks is like your number one thing in a strategy RPG. So I'm biased oh in that in that way as well. So. Um, Archer, Archer, all the way in this specific scenario. If we're in the trees, you know, if we're on Jet's home turf, um, that that's a whole different ball game. But we're not. Yeah, I think in in Man, the we choose, I, I think I'm going to go with the Archer as well. Even in the trees, like I just I just remember how deadly the Yuyan Archers were and chasing Aang down and like how quick they were. That's true. How amazing mm-hmm. they were running at high speeds and also jumping off cliffs, but still being able to. To, to you know, pull their bows and still be able to strike aim. But don't you think that Jet would at least have uh, far more success in an area with obstacles and stuff, though? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's a good point. Yeah, I'm saying I, I just still wouldn't. Yeah, I just still wouldn't doubt the, the Union Archer's yeah. ability. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, uh, I, I'm yeah, gonna my cast vote my vote for the Archer. For the... Yes, Archer. me too. You know what the other thing that we should mention in our points is that in, in like in the March Madness tournament, like the five twelve, you always pick the twelves. I mean, that's the good upset money right there. It happens. There's like two of them every year, every year, nice. except for this year, sadly but surely. Um, all right, we'll have Chris lead this one. This is Ty Lee number two versus <laughs> Pip Squeak. It's kind of a funny matchup to think about, in my opinion. Like you have the, this very tall guy who has like a very deep voice against the most like tiniest uh, now i'm thinking about we should have the most feminine episode the most feminine <laughs> oh by the way and i also want to point out that uh when chris ranked these and first of all i, I did a little research uh in in like other people's thoughts and i agree completely with chris's rankings and then that he also didn't do these things on purpose there's a lot of good fun coincidences in here like the idea of pipsqueak versus tylee or uh, some other things that had coming down the road. But he did not play in those. It was just a straight-up ranking 1 through 16. That's how it fell out. And there's some really good ones, just the way it fell. Um, I would... Yeah, I mean... Oh, I wonder... 
I wonder, does I assume that chi blocking works on anyone, but I wonder if it's harder with someone who's really dense. I think I need to do some more. You got to chi block twice, maybe? How does that? How does that <laughs> I would yeah. assume that she is precise enough that it might take more effort, but I, you know, I feel like it would still work. I don't know. That's I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with uh, theoreticals here of, of assumption. So to me, I got I got to jump a lot of hoops to get to that point. But Ty Lee is one thing. She's one of the most agile people in the show. Probably the most agile person with acrobats and everything. She would find a way. I think even without uh, chi blocking, uh, to take out uh, to take out Pipsqueak. Hmm. Without even without chi blocking, you say? Yeah, I mean, and, and she'll be able to chi block him because I mean, chi blocking can work on like it worked on Sokka. It doesn't really matter if you're Vin or not. You can still immobilize a person. Right. Um, but she's, she still seems formidable enough. She seems to know the human body very well enough that she, I think she, she'll she be able to take out Pipsqueak. Hmm. She'd been in the circus before, too. Like, it's not the first time she's seen, a, like, a huge human. Right. She will right. find a way to incapacitate him, I think. He's probably she blocked the bear before. I. That's probably where she practices. Can you imagine trying to chi block yeah. a bear? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I, I guess I just I guess I just wonder about um like being resistant to to being she blocked. I know we've seen we've seen Katara having been she blocked and she was able to continue to move where at, at but she wasn't able to bend the water. We've seen that happen before. Like it's kind of inconsistent kind of the effects of chi blocking mm. on on any individual person. And so I wonder if there are people who are maybe more resistant to chi block, like the physical effects of chi blocking. Um, if, you know, obviously if she starts chi blocking him, he won't be able to move as well, but does he have some sort of resistance just because of how big he is and how much energy he might have stored up inside of his body to be able to move? I don't, I don't know. I think that, I think that this fight could go to him if he could find a way to just grab a hold of her. Like right? one, one, one wrong move on Ty Lee and you know, like, if he gets right. his arms around you, then what do you do? Right, because all he needs to do is get one hand, grab that, and then just, like, grab her arm and just, like, yeah, grapple that, her, right? That is, I mean, if he just, he has probably the most knockout potential of any fighter, right? Like, you know, you have right. UFC, some fighters have knockout potential. He, he probably, yeah, he definitely has the biggest knockout potential. Unfortunately, he goes against Ty Lee, who's so hard to hit. To right. me, this is, a, this is a similar situation to the, like, the, the Boomy. I already forgot who it was. Was it Boomy Asami? Asami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, okay, yes. maybe that, that one out of ten or whatever when Tylee slips up um, and Pipsqueak wins it. But I, I, I still feel like the majority of the time Pipsqueak is not going to catch Tylee and she's going to find a way to, like, incapacitate even one limb at a time, even without chi blocking. You know, take out a knee, mm -hmm. uh, take out an elbow, things like that. Yeah, I think that it's probably, I think it would be a hard fight for Tylee. I think she wins, but I think she works way harder than she would have expected to. She, she draws it out. Mm -hmm. Chris, how are you feeling? Really, no. So I was just looking at cheap blocking on the wiki and then looks at certain pictures. I might be thinking too much into this, but I feel like the technique she uses is different. Like I feel like the technique she uses to cheap block bending is more of like a finger pointer type of deal where she like squeezes on certain points. And the chi blocking to like immobilize people is more of that like that weird fist, like knuckle to a nerve kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, at least that's what it looks like a little bit here. But yeah, yeah, my vote would still be for Ty Lee. But that'll be it's a, 
the fifteen two match is an interesting uh interesting match. Could be it could be yeah, drawn still... out. She could have to work at it for a while. Man, I really yeah, squeak here, but I don't think I can. <laughs> uh yeah, my vote is, is definitely for Ty Lee. I mean she Ty Lee? Yeah, she's yeah, Ty Lee. <laughs> okay. I just I feel like I have to like make it official before I click on and make assumptions. Official all right. Ty Lee's the winner. This this is the one I've been waiting for. Uh, Hakoda, Ouch. number seven, versus Saka, number <laughs> yeah. ten. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Uh, anyone want to go first in particular? Uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I'm taking Saka, everything that we know about Saka. I don't even have the comics because I haven't read the comics yet. Uh, but I'm actually going to pick Saka because I believe that he is uh, probably physically in a better place. Uh, probably more well-rounded because of his adventures. We're talking about three different weapons that he could be using at any given point in time, proving himself to be strategic. So I'm going to take the... It's not a huge upset, of course, 10-7. Uh, but when you're talking about Dad, you know, um, I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take Sokka based on what... It's, again, kind of the information we have available is a little makes it a little unfair um, mm-hmm. in Sokka's favor. But I, I think he wins more often than not in this one. All right, so this is a, a very interesting matchup. Uh, we were just talking about our last episode when we reviewed um, Dave Black's son on how much I really enjoyed seeing Hakoda utilize bombs and, and that I was disappointed that's not something that's in Sokka's arsenal. And so he could have that edge over him in using bombs. Um, but true, Sokka bombs has kind of a rough weapon to get out of in an arena. Uh, <laughs> um, the interesting thing, though, is they they weirdly enough, even though they're father and son, they have they work with two completely different sets of weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hakoda seems to work with that club thing a lot, and then like I said before, he has bombs. You know, I only seen him utilize it one time. Um, they came from his belt, and so I'm imagining that he has more, <laughs> or I'm just just uh, imprinting Batman onto him. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make but, everybody uh, into Batman. Yeah, I know. Um, and Sokka has the boomerang, which he's he's very talented at. Like he is. He can aim really easily, which really impressed me when he took out um of Man. Like that took some that took some skill to do that. Um but then he also uses the club, so he knows how to use that. But he has the meteor sword, which seems like it would be able to cut through like anything that Hakoda could possibly um get at him with. And so I'm sure that Sokka is isn't as good of a swordsman as his father. But I think he has oh, a really? better range of weapons. No, I would think that Hakoda would be a better swordsman because Saka didn't have that much time to train, even though he trained with Master Pandal. I was gonna um, say, you know, quantity, quantity, uh, or quality over quantity. You get to train with Pandal. How much does that make up for in terms of years? I... Have we seen a lot of swordplay from Hakoda? Um, no, but we also see him. Wait, who is it that took out the? St- he he's also good with the staff. I've seen him use a staff before. Mm-hmm. Was that just in the I last he, episode we looked at when he's using the staff? Yeah, because the staff was like on their shields, mm-hmm. and it was like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, come up from there. I forgot about um, that. That's kind of a cool weapon. Yeah, I guess also they get to use shields too. So this would be a really interesting fight. I'm not sure if I have a winner quite quite yet. I got to think on it a little bit more. Okay. I I, th- I think I have a winner in my mind, and I actually think it's. 
on the opposite side. I think I, I think I take Hakoda in this fight over Sokka. Oh, um, I love giving Chris the swing vote. That's the most fun. <laughs> um, and and, and perfect. The the specific reason why is because <clears throat> I just I just don't know if Sokka has completely come into his own as a warrior. Like by the time that the series ends, even by the time that we're in the comics, I don't know if he comes into his own as a warrior quite yet in the same way that his his dad has i mean we talk about how skilled sokka is with the boomerang we know sokka is skilled with the boomerang he's been practicing that his entire life but who do you think gave him the boomerang and had him pick it up in the first place right um i'm thinking about just even just seeing like hakoda saying like like hey i'm an i'm a non-bender uh and my daughter is a waterbender and my son is also a non-bender you guys go take this tower i'll take this one alone like he's so he's so confident in his own ability to be able to take out that tower he got wounded in the process that's funny we just thought he was doing a dad thing that's all we weren't thinking yeah, we like actually just thought about that we last like, oh. episode <laughs> oh no yeah, I, like... I, i've always thought it was a i've always thought it was a confidence thing because oh, I, that's, I, that's a great perspective or a different yeah yeah because I've, I've always thought i mean i guess it could be a dad thing too it wouldn't surprise me if it was, but I think that he he does trust both of his children to be um, accomplished warriors, and I don't see why he wouldn't ask um, the person who has a little bit of extra oomph on their side in Katara as a master waterbender to kind of take that out and, and have his son um, ha- help him take out a separate tower while also teaching him some extra, extra skills that he might have, right? Um, also, just ha- like looking at Sokka and Hakoda, like there's just a an incredible size difference between the two of them <laughs> um and i don't think that that size counts for nothing either and just in all that i think hakoda is stronger i think he's more well practiced he's probably i think in terms of agility i think that they're both relatively agile um, i don't think one beats the other i think that Sokka has some skills that he can use against him but i i technically i think that hakoda takes this fight in my opinion but i think the thing for me that's going to uh, really decide this matchup is experience. And Hakoda has been on the front lines of a war, a war that really his, when it comes to the water tribes, they are completely, um, to me, Ill, ill-equipped compared to the rest of the Fire right. Nation. Right. Um, and I mean, he's had some success there. And so, I mean, he's, he's been in close combats pretty much all his life. And Osaka just isn't that... Relative to Hakoda, to me, he's not as skilled of a fighter. Like, even in the comic books, when Zuko and Sokka have a... So, it's a playful fight, and it's probably made just for laughs and the Lost Adventures. Um, Zuko completely owns Sokka. And so, yeah, I might have to give it to Hakoda on, on this one. It's it's a good, interesting fight. It'll be really interesting to see boomerangs and bombs go off, and the, the sword against no sword. But also, I could easily see Hakoda... Uh, disarming Sokka from his sword and just taking his sword. I think uh, I think this would be the most interesting, the best fight of the entire first round. And I don't I don't really even think it's all that close. I think this for you know in a personal way, a uh, clash of similar fighting styles but with different weapons. Um, I think it'd be the most fun to watch. So I won't change my vote, but I will seed uh, the Hakoda victory here. Gotcha. In It'll be interesting because this this is a this will be the second father son fight. Right of the sh- of the show because we had the agony Kai between Ozai and oh, yeah. Funko. Yeah. This one will probably be you know way more respectable, respectful, way, way more interesting it's, too. Not a full grown man fighting a kid, you know, a full grown <laughs> yeah. man fighting a young man. So at least you know, 
Yeah, like a 12. He's going for it. But, okay. Um, so, Hakoda, then? Pick yeah, let's go. That's all right, Saki. You put up a good fight, buddy. Uh, round one, number three, Suki. Number 14, long shot. I think it's uh, it's probably Chandler's turn to start. Yeah, I, I looked at this fight. It, it seemed kind of interesting to me in the first place, and then it became less interesting once I realized, well, long shot's going up against Suki. Uh, Suki is probably one of the people who I consider to be one of the best fighters that we get to, that we get to, at least in terms of, uh, non-benders, right? I think that Suki's probably one of the best. Um, I think she's up there in skill with, with, uh, Ty Lee, not quite at Ty Lee's level, but she, she, she could be up there. Um, probably why she's ranked just under Ty Lee in terms of the seeds, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. In Longshot, we don't really get to see much in the way of hand-to-hand -hand combat with Longshot. We, we know that he's skilled with a bow. We know that he's, he can be deadly at a range. But um, if that aim fails him, if that, if that lack of experience with the bow fails him, he's not, he's not the Yuyan Archer. Uh, we've already established this. I just don't see him pinning Suki to a tree. Suki's just also or to a tree, I guess, because they're not. it's an open arena. But even still... I think that like Suki is just so resourceful and so good at using the land around her to her own advantage that she can be somersaulting everywhere. She can be sliding down. She can, you know, just using everything to her advantage to just kind of get away um, and approach. And by the time that she's approached, I don't know if there's, uh, if there's much that she can do. I don't know. I, I play, I play Toon Link in Smash Bros. And I know that once someone's right next to me, I can't throw my projectiles and I, I have not, not much else to do, you know? Well, I play as Link, but, uh, other than now that I play as... But, but so real Link, but, not yeah. Breath of the Wild Link, not with the, the new bombs kind of throw it off for me, I think. Uh, I mean, I got used to them after a while, but anyway. Okay. Nah, good, good. Well, because you can sort of just like, with the new bombs, you can sort of like just I don't know, stage. You can get a little bit more creative with stuff. You play the mind games with them. Fair. That's yeah, fair. exactly. Yeah. Um, which I'm so much better at Smash than Sean is. It gets kind of. <laughs> That's true. But... I accept. But, uh... <laughs> but uh, Suki versus Longshot. Um, Longshot is is really capable. The Suki is first of all, she's one of the most underrated people on the on the show. Um, if she's in full Kyoshi garb, uh, Kyoshi warrior garb, which means she's very armored up, she has a shield, she has a fan, she has a sword, and also even beyond that, in the comic book, she learns chi blocking, mm -hmm. and she's also one of the most agile people. I've seen in um, in the Boy in Rock, she <laughs> freaking <laughs> somersaults all over people's heads, then not somersault, just walks all over people's heads. Like it's nothing, and then, uh, and then just like climbs. Spider Man climbs up a wall, does like a backflip onto another thing, and then the comes around, yeah, and takes out the, the the warden. That alone takes her far in this in this tournament. Um, right. So yeah, my vote has to be for for Suki on this. Uh, unlike Jet like Jet being kind of the aggressor. I think Suki's thoughtful defensive style uh, helps her against the range attack in this one. So give me Suki as well in the 314. Well, that's a quick one. <laughs> and then number three. Hmm, did I label that wrong? That should be number six. six. I apologize. My mistake. That should be number six, the lieutenant. And that's Amon's lieutenant versus May. 
number 11. Uh, Chris's uh, turn to start, I think? Yeah, I'll start this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Amon's lieutenant, aka the Team Rocket guy, because I feel like he's always... <laughs> oh, he totally is. Getting, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's getting owned or getting blasted off somewhere. Um, I actually really like him. He's, I really love seeing his fight with Korra. Um, like, one of those first couple fights, because it's, it's, it's a real hand-to-hand kind of fight, and he's also able to hold his own he has those like Nightwing Screamer sticks, which are mm-hmm. one. It's just pure electricity, just just flowing through. Um, he doesn't seem like a great hand-to-hand fire because usually I only see him with those sticks. Um, but he's really, he's really agile, and he can uh, really get in. And seeing him go against Corb was a really good fight. May May is all about the ranged weapons. Um, you know, whether it's most of them are just dagger type of deals. In fact, I've never seen May actually get in a long range. I'm in a short range mm-hmm. fight before. Yeah, I've never seen her hold, hold really any type of weapon or anything. I mean, she's really skilled at it. She's really precise. Um, but yeah, I, I would. Also, I think the lieutenant. He is. I think he has on maybe like some type of Kevlar armor or something on there. He's definitely has some type of armor up, and May seems less so. Um, she probably needs more room for all those hidden weapons and stuff. So I, I would probably lean towards Lieutenant here. I, I still want to call him Lieutenant Dan just because. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant. <laughs> huh. I see this. This fight is actually really hard for me because I think my first mind goes to the Lieutenant. I'm. I think that there's a lot about May. She's. She's. She's not even technically a long range fighter. She's like a mid range fighter. Yeah right um like the the daggers and the arrows that she throws you can't you can't throw those from long range you can only be at a specific medium range you know maybe a couple like a dozen yards at most right um but the thing that always brings me back to like swinging things in may's favor is that azula personally handpicked her to be a part of her squad to chase after zuko and the avatar right um that azula the person who only acknowledges power in people doesn't acknowledge weakness only acknowledges their skill and their power and she was like you know what Ty Lee May you are going to be the two that are going to uh that are you're going to hold your own and you're going to stand beside me because you're the only two people who I trust to support me because you're that skilled I trust you that much I feel like that says a lot about uh the skill that May has that maybe we don't ever get to see the full potential of here um but being acknowledged by Azula in that way, I feel like speaks a lot for itself, right? Yeah, I mean, that definitely, I think it definitely does. I, I've never been, uh, I don't know how, what the right word is. I've never liked that, that May has these sort of abilities that she does because she doesn't demonstrate any other like characteristics or traits of a person who would have a, a very technically refined martial art of, of any style um she doesn't she's not dynamic in any sense uh with the different ways that she is attacked I, I don't see any like ko potential or anything like that from her so i'm definitely voting for the lieutenant um i know there's just some bias against may i've always so i've not been fan a fan of her having sort of the abilities that she does because i feel like they don't line up with her personality but uh, everybody's different regardless i'm going with lieutenant and then i'm also going to complain 
because Ozai is Z-A-I and Laogai is G-A-I. And yet May, I always say my because that's what it should be yeah. in my mind. And I know that's not how I say it in the show, but it makes me mad every time I pronounce it wrong. I'm like, no, that's right. You know, I think that even though uh, it's already gone to the lieutenant, I want to throw my vote in for May this time. That's nice. That's cool. I just want to, that's cool. want to go on the record. <laughs> Hey, Chris, you, did you change your mind? Um, did anything you say sway your, sway so, your opinion? Maybe no, it does I, I, I was watching a quick fight with him and Cora. It's like a 30-second quick fight. But he is far more agile than I think I even remembered. Um, and also, his like the electricity emitting from his sticks kind of go beyond them. Like, I don't know, the electricity just kind of emits a little farther from mm. his sticks. Um, and, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would give it to him. Uh, funny enough, May... Um, was so bored that she taught herself taught herself how to knife throw essentially. But that's not that's what bored. bored that's not what bored people do, though. I know bored people. <laughs> and that's that is not how to juggle. I don't know. Maybe maybe she just wanted no. to juggle. Mm. But that's what knives. driven. That's what driven people do. Not what <laughs> bored people do. So I'm. But like I said, you know, obviously it's it's fiction. The writers can can write and create her and mold her how they want, and everybody's different. Uh, but it's just it's never lined up in my in my brain. I'm I'm kind of yeah. anti anti-may in most most regards mm. sorry may it's nothing personal actually it kind of is but yeah. although we realized that i am the may of in our beach episode that i'm the may of that it's group. true you are so the may of the group <laughs> i'm tylee minus the athleticism it's all right i'm, I'm probably also tylee to yeah. be 100 percent honest yeah lining <laughs> up lining up with the family so that was kind of fun to talk about too but um okay so i think we've got lieutenant but in a in a two to one yes in a two to one pitch nothing wrong with that um that brings us to round two the the elite eight if you will and i won't bother to like mark those over and advance them uh, but i think we can comfortably remember who won and who lost so the first match (laughs) would be piandao and the blue spirit so a one versus an eight um i think it's my turn to go first and i'm probably going to give away too much of my feelings here but it, I, I love Piandao. He's got a great combination of like he's still healthy and, and mobile and more experienced and trained than anybody else. He's probably seen every fighting style. I'm going to have a hard time picking against him in any regard, much less against another sword fighter. So give me Piandao. I think, I think what this comes down to me is one thing, Master Piandao. Um, as we learned in Lost Adventures comic, that he trained Zuko in sword fighting, so he should have every single skill that Zuko has. Or I'm sorry, Blue Spirit has. Trying to be uh, very uh, <laughs> sincere to this <laughs> to this practice, this matchup. Um, also, in in the episode, uh, in the finale, when the White Lotus goes and takes back Bossing Say, they are going up against mostly Firebenders with. Stilson's Comet powering them up tenfold. Mm-hmm. And Master Piandao, who's not a bender, goes in, still takes out a bunch of people. I am not certain that the Blue Spirit could do the same. Yeah, I, ha- I have to agree with you there. As much as I really want the Blue Spirit to to win this battle, uh, I think that I think that just Pandao has has the skill and the experience he's the the most renowned sword fighter in the world um and so i think that as much skill as the blue spirit does have in fighting and i think that um 
you know, something inside of me wanted to say, well, you know, maybe some, something comes out in the blue spirit and he, he's able to, he's able to like, you know, Goku his way through it or Naruto his way through it. <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I just don't. I'm with Pandao all the way. Yeah. I saw it. It sounds fairly, you know, he, we don't want it to be boring, but he's the one seed for a reason, you know? Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what situation can I even think of that the blue spirit would would win? It would if Pinned out I mean, dropped yeah, his really... sword, and so then it was two swords versus no sword. I don't. Yeah. If 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 the blue spirit ambushed him, but I don't even see Pandao getting ambushed. I say, he so... seems like the like a very alert. Like he's not going to walk in any traps or anything. I don't know. That's no, tough. he he's not getting caught it's, off guard. It's you a bad be... matchup. You at least got to come at him with with a different style or something. Catching another yeah. sword fighter that he trained. That's that's a, that's a bad matchup for the blue spirit. But yeah, honestly, yeah. like even yeah. though the uh, did we already eliminate the no we haven't okay. Yeah, like the, even that could yeah. be a better matchup down the line or what have you. But yeah, another sort of fighter. Okay, so there's no no next slide here. Um, so just going down to Asami versus the the Archer, and I believe it is Chandler's Ooh. turn to lead the discussion. Oh man, the one that I really didn't want to start, huh? I know. <laughs> well, you know, okay. you don't have to cast your vote right away. Just uh, you know, kick off our kick off our what do you call it? Get the juices flowing. Asami versus the Archer. This is a good one. I didn't think it because, uh, yeah, no, I didn't really think much about this one. My problem is that I can't remember too many specifics about the Archer except for what he looks like. Um, other than I know that he's incredibly skilled. Um, if we're going with a with a, yeah, I don't I don't really know what I can give to Asami in in this specific matchup that. This this is just a guy who's at the top. He's like the his his physical peak. He's at the top of his game. He's probably one of the most skilled um, combatants in an entire militia. And Asami yeah. is you know, in a, a very young adult with an electric glove. Um, if if you compare them the two that way, you know what I mean. I I just don't see what Asami has going for her here. Yeah, I think this is one of those um, matchup issues <laughs> that that we have here because Asami doesn't have like she doesn't have armor to to go up against the, an archer's uh, arrows. She doesn't have like a weapon to even like hit against one because I feel like Avatar characters are somewhat quick enough in their reaction speed that they can sort of like block arrows or they can cut mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, but she doesn't. That's not her type of weapon. Her weapon is an electric glove. She's a great hand-to-hand -hand fighter. She's very agile. But to me, that's not going to play as big of a role here. It's a it's a matchup issue, definitely. It's going to be like a super discipline, like one well-timed strike is going to end it. Uh, you know, it might not be a knockout, but it's like one one well-timed strike going to turn a tide and, and end it, right, just from two very disciplined characters. But I'm having the mm -hmm. same issue where I'm having a hard time uh, imagining Asami more often than not getting in close enough to the archer to actually do damage hand-to-hand -hand style right. i'm having a tough time seeing it so i guess i'm leaning the archer it's yeah, tough it's it's, it's tough. the archer i just that's the biggest issue is asami doesn't have an opening if she had an opening if there was like a clear yeah. path to an opening for her i think it could be different i think it could be debatable but there's no there's no opening for her okay yeah the only way 
I can see a zombie one is if I bended the rules and <laughs> and said that uh, she has access. Chris, this is no Ooh, bending. I yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> I like that. It was an accident, actually. I liked it. Though, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if if I've been in the rules and said that Sami had access to some of her mech suits, um, but she doesn't, that's not one of those things that she constantly has access to, so I can't really give that to her. But if she was in those mech suits, I mean, uh, Arrow's not going to do anything against either the the butterfly, the hummingbird, or any of her father's mech suits. Mm. Um, so without those, she she really has no chance. Like you said, it's, it's a thing about not finding, she's unable to find an opening here. So I got to give it to the Yuyan Archer. That, you know what? We gotta have a good, uh, good Cinderella story here. So nothing, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, which, which, which hurts me because I love Asami. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah she's great. She's great. I think if you if you watch all the Legend of Korra and Asami's not in your top handful of characters, then you're probably not watching right. <laughs> There's not a right or wrong way to watch. But uh, sorry, Asami, bit, it's okay. I've, I've been a little bit hostile toward the community about their treatment of the Legend of Korra series in general, and. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't watching it right, but that's just my opinion. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, know. I, I I can't. I uh, I have such a hard. I'm on. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, and I find it so hard not to just like yell at people. Like, why are you guys not loving this? Shut up. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna say season two is great, but I'm also not gonna sit here and pretend like season three wasn't one of the best seasons of Avatar ever. Exactly. Yeah. There so. there's I, uh, there's some theories out there in general literature, not specific to the show, but I think that's part of the thing is that. Uh, thirds, the rule of thirds, like in photography and most art forms, I think the idea of the three seasons of Avatar: The Last Airbender in in one over like one overarching arch, I guess mm -hmm. one one big story arc. I honestly think that's easier for people to wrap their mind around. I like this holistic rule of thirds group of of episodes more than mm -hmm. I like the less connected episodes of Korra. Uh, bigger Maybe. broader i think it's easier for people to grasp i still like atla better but i've grown uh, at least more level over time yeah. in my opinion I, I say the same thing i think uh last airbender more consistent better show overall cora higher highs lower lows so yeah that's really yeah, nice so i i'm pretty much exactly the same thought as you as we divert into this conversation <laughs> but <laughs> hey, yeah what, what me, better time it's the first yeah. time he's been around let's let's have the talk yeah, yeah to me cora does have like you said, higher highs but lower lows. Like it makes more mistakes. That I think mm -hmm. if they redid, they could easily fix those mistakes. Um, but like, gosh, those highs are really high. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. also, it, they're, they're they're really two different shows. Like, and also, it's hard to compare Avatar to Legend of Korra because Avatar is like every single character is informed by one thing, and that's the war. And like mm -hmm. that means they all get they all get really good development. Um, and so it's it's, it's a it's a more of a fantastical tale. Unless right. of course, Their motivations like, are all tied to one thing. Yeah. And that's more of course, that like, consistent hey, story should... arc as well, though. Yeah. Just how it's all tied yes. into a singular. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. it's a fun. Unless of course, like, hey, we're gonna challenge, we're gonna challenge this one character, Cora, pretty much over and over again, and take her on this long journey, the self-realization, everything, and the other characters don't necessarily get as much of that uh, mm -hmm. because. Because they don't have this big overarching thing weighing down every single person, right? So two completely different shows. I love both of them pretty much equally, which is weird because I haven't always felt that. But I've watched Legend of Korra probably on my so on my fifth rewatch of Avatar, I finally came to the conclusion that it was better than Batman the animated series. 
it took me a long time to come back because I'm an animated series. It's like it's in my it's in, in my DNA. Um, like I'm looking at a poster of it right now, and I have a bunch of other Batman stuff. So it took him, so probably my fifth rewatch to admit that. It probably took him my fifth rewatch of Legend Core to be like, oh wow, I love this show as much as I do the other one. Even though I don't think it's, I think it's fairly not as good, but because that's just because Avatar doesn't have as many lows. Yeah, no, you're completely right there. I think you've worded it. You've both articulated it magnificently. So in the bracket of ATLA versus Legend of Korra. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Different conversation for a different day. Um, At the moment, we have what should be an interesting matchup, I think, is number two, Ty Lee. Number seven, Hakoda. Interesting. Hmm. And maybe Chris's turn to lead, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sure. So this is like a matchup of of weapons versus non-weapons. Man. Yeah, so Hakoda is far more experienced than Tai Lee. Um, so if we use Taka as sort of a of a of a measuring stick in this fight, because Taka has fought Tai Lee a couple of times, he was able to. Well, that was a lucky headbutt. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he was able to like somewhat hold his own against Tai Lee, and I think his father, being far more skilled than he is, can do a much better job at that. Also, his father probably has a wider range of arsenal, and he has far more experience. And I just kind of find it hard. May I find it hard to grasp that Ty Lee, this like fourteen-year-old girl, could beat this well? I mean, I shouldn't find it hard to grasp because the the kids in Avatar are are all amazing and they're all like the best <laughs> vendors, no matter what their age is. Right. Um, but it, gosh, it's such a it's an interesting matchup because Hakoda does seem smart enough. I think he would have to know nor to win. He would have to know what he's getting into that he can't get into too close a range with Ty Lee. But Ty Lee, if he doesn't know that, Ty Lee's going to get in there and, and get him and chi block him and paralyze him. Um, so I think he would have to know the matchup beforehand uh, and know her skills and everything. And maybe that would be the one way he could win this. I think that see your measuring stick is, is uh Sokka versus Ty Lee. My measuring stick is uh, the boiling rock and seeing Hakoda's reaction to Suki. Right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that the closest, I think the closest thing that we'll ever get to see of Hakoda's skills and and Ty Lee's skills together at the same time are is that episode because Suki is probably the most comparable fighter on this list to Ty Lee. Yes. Um, and in that sense, I I mean I guess we don't have any dialogue or any any kinds of thoughts that Hakoda would think that he wouldn't be able to beat Suki in a fight. That's not where his mind was at there. But if you remember Sokka and Hakoda taking all of their energy to get up to the top of the of the tower and Suki just gets up there instantly both of them are out of breath and then uh, Hakoda's like well that's some girl you've got there you know like <laughs> yeah. um I I I, I want to be able I hmm, hmm. <laughs> I keep going back and forth in my head because I'm like Hakoda is the more experienced fighter Hakoda is probably better at reading the movements of his opponents maybe not better than Tai Lee but he's he's definitely skilled at that he's been in this war for how many years on the front lines of this of of, uh being on the front lines of the southern water tribe military where 
let's be honest, how many people are in that in that group of people? Not very many, and he's be, been able to hold his own for this long. He's definitely no slouch when it comes to the fight. Um, but I think about his ability to kind of keep up with Tylee. I'm not sure if that's there, quite there. I'm so torn. I I think <laughs> I think Hakoda I think Hakoda it would be good enough to not to use his weapons to not let Ty Lee get close enough to him to to damage him. So I'm gonna uh cast my vote for Hakoda mostly in favor of like tactical weapons usage. Uh, I think Chris mentioned, like, knowing about the fight beforehand. You know, if you're the seven seed, you're looking ahead at that 215 matchup, taking a little peek ahead, overlooking your son. <laughs> and you're probably guessing <laughs> Tylee. <laughs> you're probably guessing Tylee. I think you're probably preparing for Tylee, if that matters at all. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess to me, the the big swing factors, I think more often than not, you know, if it's six times out of ten or whatever, Hakoda is going to be able to keep Tylee away from him with weapons and land that one or two good blows that is going to result in the victory. So I'm going to, I'm going to cast mine for Hakoda. I think. I think Hmm. given that logic, I would, I would probably cast mine in for Hakoda too. Um, Also just given the fact that I think that, I think that in this fight too, I think that they're both skilled enough to win the fight. I think that Hakoda would probably be better at the information gathering part and the information reaction part than Ty Lee would um in in that case just because of his experience in war and as a warrior i think like a couple years in the circus a lot of years in war you know (laughs) no offense tally yes my my official votes gosh um (laughs) you're you're the tiebreaker once again (laughs) again Uh, (laughs) again, i I voted hakoda what was your official vote jamie uh hakoda as well oh okay so chris Chris, you don't matter That's true. I don't matter. Okay. Yeah. I don't matter. Okay. But my official vote, um, I think, I think Chandler, what you said about your measuring stick to, to, uh, to Suki, because I, th- I think this match is not going to be a quick match and possibly Tyleek can outlast him. Or maybe that was just being an old man being out of breath and maybe he wasn't, <laughs> maybe he wasn't like training that much in jail or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but well, also, uh, we, I, think, I think we can take into account, too, he was out of breath. He was on the Boiling Rock for not too long after he was pretty wounded on the day oh, of Black Sun. That's, yeah, 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 that's a good point, too. He I mean, yeah, wounded. so maybe a long match favors Tylee, uh, you know, if she kind of gets into her rhythm and gets him off off of his. Um, yeah, and I'm assuming everyone's at, at peak health here. Um, gosh, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter my vote anyway, so I'll go with Tylee. <laughs> okay. I think I think this was the hardest fight so far, in my opinion. This, I, yeah, I'm still sitting here, kind of, kind of second guessing myself. It seems like it certainly has the biggest potential to like absolutely swing one way versus the other. I, you know, mm-hmm. six out of ten in my mind. That's kind of what I'm looking for. But all right, uh, proceed with Hakoda. Two out of two out of three. Yep, that yep. that makes the next match Suki versus Amon's lieutenant. I really like Suki's uh, in a in a tactical way, Chris. I don't know if this is going to get your approval, but in a tactical way, if there's a Batman on this list, it's it's Suki. Like she seems to me like she is the the most studious opponent on this list. Maybe Piandao, uh, but just in terms of studious opponent. And then I think I don't know why, but the fans strike me 
as as a capable defense fans and the armor and the shield as a capable defense for the lieutenant's uh sticks his his shocker sticks his what do you call it yeah. equalist weapons for some reason it, it feels to me like she'd be able to sort of debilitate those sticks with her fans in particular so i like suki uh, in this one tactically chandler have you read the rise of kiyoshi no tony got it for oh, okay. birthday, Gotta read I, have, it. I have not been able to read it yet. it's amazing okay um never mind i won't i won't mention something that good because um, <laughs> I don't want to. It's an amazing, amazing book. I, I can't wait for the audio book to come out so I can re-listen to it just in my in my off time. Yeah, um, that'll be just coming out from, close to our second anniversary, right? Yeah, it comes out in May, I think. Oh, so I had it the other way around. Okay, the next book. No, the, the next book. Second anniversary gifts for for Chris. You know, it's the book <laughs> yeah. anniversary. Um, but there's something in that book that makes me think that. No, I don't. It's not. It's not even that big of a spoiler, but I won't go any further. Um, but Suki <laughs> is <laughs> Suki is a very capable fighter. Um, she has so many weapons, and she has so much uh, armor, and she is also more agile than than the lieutenant. So my vote on this would definitely be for for Suki. Uh, I also vote Suki. I think that she can hold her own against the lieutenant. I think that in this very case, the argument that I'm going to use is that the kids always win. Um, I know that argument hasn't been going for every other fight that we've been doing so far, but I think that in a in a fight like this, I think I would give it to the protagonist who is also a teenager. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Who also knows how to hold her own on the battlefield. You know, we've talked a couple times about like favorable matchups, uh, you know, all seeds aside. I think this the matchup just is, is favorable to Suki's Suki mm-hmm. style personally. So I'd way easier than the last one, personally. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Okay. Uh so moving yeah. forward with Suki, we comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So that's gonna bring us to we are now in the final we're in the final four already. Mm-hmm. And so the first one is gonna be Pandao and the Archer. Pandao and the and, Archer. I think it's and the next one to be Hakoda and Suki, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I suppose I could stay on on that page. It makes just as much sense. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay, uh, Chandler, you want to kick us off with Pandao versus the Archer? Yeah. So here we see two people who um, not only are masters at their craft, not only are they probably some of the best in the world at what they do. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if these two knew each other and knew of each other's fighting styles, to be 100% honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that these two would probably be well acquainted with one another. Um, that being said, one thing that we talked about with the arch, the match versus who is who is he going up against? Um, Asami. Was Asami not being able to have an opening uh, because of like the arrows and, and whatnot? Um, I don't think that's true of Pandao. I think that Pandao uh, has the speed and the agility to be able to cut the arrows because, like we talked about, the the physics and the physical abilities of this world kind of supersede that <laughs> in, in our world. Um, so I do see people being able to be quick enough to cut the arrows, and if anyone would be able to do that, uh, it's definitely Pandao. So it, I think for me, it would be able to. It would come down to, does the Yuyan Archer have the hand-to-hand combat, the close, the the close corners combat ability to best Pandao because I don't see Pandao having a problem getting an opening. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about <laughs> it's funny because we we had an episode <laughs> where we talked about um, Ang versus John Wick, and <laughs> and how and how like you know, at, at first glance, two cross paths all the time. Yeah. Well, it came up in discussion because I was thinking about like both of their pets got kidnapped or were killed, and that pissed each of them off. Yeah, that was a fun <laughs> and, discussion. Yeah. Um, but it came down to like the characters in Avatar are their reaction times are far quicker than what ours is because they can redirect lightning. Like the speed of lightning compared to the speed of a bullet, it's astronomically greater than the speed of a bullet. And hence, I would think that the speed of a arrow, even in the Avatar universe is lower than the speed of a bullet. And I don't think that Master Pian Dao has sort of that, that same, um, that same hand-eye coordination to block an arrow, no matter if it's coming from the greatest archer there is and so yeah so i think he was able to uh shorten the space between the two and once they're there it's a it's a it's not a game from that point pandao would easily be able to i think take out the archer there's a reason that pandao lives in a mansion as like a respected master of his craft and why the archer is like still out working at you know a, <laughs> like a nine an eight five job Odd jobs for for ja. yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. uh no i I can't add anything to what you guys have said. When I look down the list, there's not a ton of people that I would feel really good against the archer, uh, but panned out is definitely one. So that one's easy for me. Um, yeah, I can I can give it to yeah uh, to panned out as well. Okay, panned out might be from me from this list. He might be the only one that uh, maybe you know Suki, I'd feel good about Suki's know. chances and uh, not so much Tylee. I don't know if Tylee's it is defensive. Who else there? Asami? I don't know what she could do. She already fought the archer. Well, we went over that. Yeah, Lieutenant, maybe not. Yeah, there's not a ton of people here that I feel really good yeah. against an archer. So maybe the archer, maybe he's a little OP. Maybe a little OP. Maybe, maybe. I didn't rank him high enough. I was, I was ranking them more so against, like, each other, I yeah. guess. And not, and not like, I don't know, just how they all fall. And for some reason, the archer, I mean, it's, it's more of an Apple matchup thing, really. Yeah. Well, and the archer, like, if you're looking at it in from a character standpoint, like, how high can you rank this one-off archer? You know, like, I, I don't know. So right, I think, right. I think you did yeah. it right. I wouldn't even question that okay. for a second. No, uh, no. And I, I think that in, in true, like, March Madness style, in any kind of tournament, uh, there is always this one person who's not ranked very high, but that has just this very specific skill set to carry them yeah. pretty far into the tournament. <laughs> that, yeah. that archer is Steph Curry at Davidson. That's what that guy is. He's, <laughs> he, he's ranked where he's supposed to be, but man, he's going to win some games. Um, Tylee, so the next matchup in the Final Four is all is right, no upsets. We just Tylee, number two, Suki, number three, a couple of fighters that we have already compared it, a couple it of times. Was not, not Hakoda. Hakoda, oh no no right? i'm sorry did we say hakoda yeah. you're right we did, we did. Yes. Oh, shame on me okay well there was an upset all is wrong with the world no okay number seven <laughs> hakoda number three suki two people close to poor Sokka's heart close to Sokka. watching he can be watching from the sidelines still banged up from his matchup first Sokka watches his dad or gets beat by his dad then he has to watch his dad fight his girlfriend let's see oh man it's you know it's a rough life sometimes grow up kid Sokka seemed the type to put to put his woman over his father and his father probably the type of father be like yeah i get a son (laughs) his dad would be cool with it i think like no disrespect (laughs) i wish Um, i had a stephen a smith impression right now i would absolutely and i mean no disrespect but i I have a bad (laughs) stephen a impression 
Um, Chris, Hakoda, I might be your turn. Yeah, I think so. So Hakoda versus Suki. This is like uh, age and experience against youth. But Suki has a lot of experience on her hand, and she hand to hand wise, she seems to be a better hand to hand fighter. At least I've seen more displays of her being a better hand to hand fighter. When it comes to weaponry, they both have a lot of weapons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Suki has Suki has a fan. She has the sword. She has the shield. Dakota has shield, a staff, a a, a club. That's pretty much what he uses. And so neither one of them uses any like mid-range attacks. Although Suki uses her fans in a fairly mid-range capacity, mm. oftentimes. Um, so I can see her like using that more so as a distraction, and also and then getting in and delivering blows. Um, and also she knows that chi block, and that's probably the, the greatest uh, differentiator between those two. That she can kind of just even if she can get like one arm immobile, that gives that starts to give her even greater advantage. I think mm. uh, I, I stand by what I said. I think Suki is the best tactician on the whole list, other than maybe Pandao. Um, she just strikes me as extremely studied um, against hand to hand against weapons. I, it, it, it's, I think that she would comfortably navigate Hakoda's uh, arsenal of weaponry and find ways to to strike back at mid or short range. Um, so I I would like to pick Suki personally. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this list, and so it's interesting because my uh, my logic for for Hakoda beating Tai Lee was the experience, right? Like he has more experience than Tai Lee. He has more experience than Suki just by by means of age. Suki's probably a more accomplished warrior than Tai Lee, I would say. Yeah. Um, but in this in this fight, uh, one of the things too was uh, like Tai Lee didn't have weapons against Hakoda. But what what I'm seeing here is basically a Tai Lee that knows how to use several weapons versus Hakoda. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of how I feel, you know. <laughs> um yeah, I think I think that Suki is agile enough. I think she's skilled enough with um with the weapons that she does have at her disposal. Um what is Hakoda has a staff? Is that right? Yeah, he has like a staff, a shield, shield. a club. The Batman bombs. He's probably out of bombs by round three, though. Let's be let's be real. Uh, He can can replenish. I don't know how I feel about that. that. If I'm if I'm using fire emblem logic, I'm pretty sure staffs beat swords. Um, but no, I, I think that Suki has what it what it takes to to take this matchup against Hakoda just by sheer ha- by sheer having the agility like agility comparable to what Tai Lee has while also being able to wield the weapons. Um, and it doesn't hurt if she's in her full Kiyoshi yeah. garb either. The, mm-hmm. That extra layer of protection. Yeah, for me, I think that the two things that puts this over for Suki's column is that she she has way better armor. I think. The water tribe armor, even though it looks freaking BA, like the wolf mask on there, it's pretty cool. It does, it doesn't look looks more so for warmth and not necessarily for uh, I don't know for guarding against attacks. While mm-hmm. the Yoshi warrior armor looks like it's just made for it. it. Looks like they have chain leak mail in there. They do have chain leak mail. I'm not thinking about it in there. Um, so she's just built for it. And also the chi blocking aspect of it to, uh, to me is going to put Suki as the winner in this fight. Well, also with with that armor, I'm thinking about like the fact that it's a dress, right? Um, the f- fact that you know, if you're a fighter and you're trying to see where your opponent's going, you're you're gonna want to mm. be watching their footing 
but but you you might not be able to discern Suki's footing under a dress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's probably would have been one of those things that Hakoda would have trained himself to do. Um, but then he goes against Suki and he can't can't do that. Right. I I agree. I don't I don't know that this one I mean, surely a good fight, but I don't know that it's a hard decision. So um that brings us that's yeah, Suki wins it, so that makes a championship yep. round. I'd like to make a, a proposal for the championship round, if you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Pandao and Suki, and I tend to like give away my guesses right away. I'm going to try really hard not to do that. Um, I feel like you know, we each uh, pose or posit some information, some thoughts, and then at the end we'll go through and give our votes. And then my suggested order would be that I'll give mine first, and then Chris gives his... And then we'll make Chandler, the guest, have the swing vote, uh, the, the the standing opinion. Okay. No, is that how do you guys feel yeah. about that, or am I thinking about this wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if what if no, we go ahead. all yeah, yeah. Cool. What, if, what if we all talked about what if we all talked about the advantages that each character has, the disadvantages that each character has, kind of trying to do it in a non-biased way. Perfect. And then at the very end, we can all just one off like. Just say the name of the character we think would win. Oh, I dig that a lot. We'll like write it down on a sticky note. I think that's great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, let's start with number one seed. Let's start with the home team. Pandao. Advantages, disadvantages. Go. He's seen everything. Oh, he's he's been oh, in the Fire yeah. Nation. He's he's wise. Pinnacle of his uh, of his combination of like where wisdom meets still having the ability to move with agility and strength. Um, he's just like he's at the perfect age uh, and experience level and he's got a killer sword Mm -hmm. advantages I say uh, definitely the experience he's the most uh, world renowned sword fighter in the world Um, I think that just being able to to the the level of spatial awareness um, environmental awareness that he has I, I can't imagine that he doesn't have that awareness on his opponent either uh, regar- regardless of whether he can see her feet and where she's going or not. Yeah, like you all said, um, Pandal's advantage is, is the experience. And his swordsmanship is, like, I, I think about just some of the greatest swordsmen that we see in, like, movies and stuff, like Hill Bill or anything like that. Like, he would be, because this is a cartoon, he'll probably be even a higher level than that. Mm-hmm. And man, he, he can even fight blind. <laughs> like oh. when yeah. when he fought against when he fought against Sokka and Sokka blinded him, that did not stop him at all. Like you know, so and he you know he defeated Sokka very close range, and even after the fight was done, he just like he just you know signals to his uh, Alfred looking guy, and he <laughs> throws the sheath at him, and he's able to just hear where the sword is where it's coming from, and the sheath just goes right on there. So this guy is freaking skilled. Like, he's probably the most skilled person in the show. But granted, yeah, he has he has the one sword. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, maybe that Chris, that might be a nice segue into disadvantages. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so disadvantage. He has one sword. His agility, while good, I mean, he even misses Sokka um, when Sokka's fighting him. <laughs> oh, good job using your agility against an older opponent, Sokka. So. His agility must not be to the level of maybe he was just giving Sokka a compliment there. But even if his agility is to the level of Sokka's, it's not nearly the level of, of say, Suki's. That's right. Yeah. 
I'm gonna say yeah, uh, disadvantage is the you mentioned like just one sword, it, one one fighting style, and I'm sure he's seen everything. But he himself is gonna have sort of one fighting style approach, and then also not much in the way of armor. You know, I feel like one one good yeah. strike, no armor. Um, at least at face value. I don't know if there's anything else uh, in the comics or just that I'm missing. Yeah, I, I I also agree. I think that the one the one sword uh, the one sword probably doesn't help him out very much. I think the the age, you know, we keep talking about him being in his peak physical form. I don't know if he believes that he's in his peak physical form. Um, Sorry, not, not, so, uh, I didn't mean in peak physical form as much as like there's there's some kind of age in there where like you're very wise and very experienced, but still completely physically capable. Got you, got you. You you've hit the yeah. peak of like power hitters in baseball at thirty five or forty or whatever. It's that it's that kind of awareness. Got you. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, I think then yeah the the idea that he he's he's slowing down. He's 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 a bit older, um, and I think that a disadvantage is that how does he fight if he is somehow disarmed? Nice. Uh, okay, so let's go to the other side then with uh, Suki and advantages suki advantages all right i'll go um suki is she has a, a wide range of weaponry um which yeah which is she's skilled at all of it chi blocking is you know it's one of her great equalizers <laughs> um when it comes to fighting she is fairly skilled and her agility is I almost want to tie her with Ty Lee. That'd be really interesting. Like, I just want to see them get into a gymnastics fight <laughs> off or something like that. Um, yeah, that, that agility is great. I think, uh, again, the the armor, we talked about the armor underneath, but it's chainmail, but it should be, uh, I don't know, it's not going to deflect any big sword swings or anything like that, but it will at least prevent her from some other scuffs and scrapes that might be debilitating to other people. And then also if there, if there is a style that Panda hasn't seen, maybe it's one that was developed on this tiny, fairly remote Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that the element of surprise in terms of what her uh, fighting style is, is a definite advantage uh, for Suki. I think that the agility for Suki, and I also think that, just the fact that she has she has the shield. She might not be as skilled as Pandao in the sense of uh, being um, a wielder of a sword, but um, a, a little help from a shield never helped with deflecting some attacks while also keeping up the offense. Hmm. Um, in the way of disadvantages, I think that uh, the fact that if she would try to fight him with a sword, I think that <laughs> he, he's definitely uh he's definitely not um falling for any tricks that she has up her sleeves in in the sense of he he's probably been on the other side of a sword more times than she's held one right so i think that that's probably a big disadvantage is just that lack of experience and that that lack of dexterity that he currently has with the sword. i guess that's more of an advantage to him but his advantages are obviously her inherent disadvantages hmm yeah, yeah. Her biggest disadvantage is the lack of lack of experience. Um, but man, it's this is a it's a tough fight because you, know, you you have two of the most skilled warriors that there is. So the way that I could see 
the way that I could see Pandau winning, I'll, I'll say how I think they could both win. The way I see Pandau winning is is he just you know breaks her down little by little, right? She probably he probably takes one weapon away at a time because he's probably five steps ahead that he's thinking, all right, take this weapon away, take this weapon away, take this weapon away, and he finally gets to her to a, he just has her a checkmate essentially. Um, the way that I can see Suki winning is is that chain link because a sword going against it, it's not necessarily going to slice through it. I think she's good enough protecting her head. She also has a, a headdress that's metal. And so there's only like a, a finite amount of, of area that he can get to. Um, also, maybe I'm just over-exaggerating here, but I've seen in like, oh, I'm thinking of Mulan. That's what I'm thinking of. So in Mulan, when Mulan is going up against the head of the Hans, right? She has her fan and she like, he like stabs at her, the fan goes through the fan and then she closes the fan and then like loops it and then she grabs the sword. <laughs> I love that movie a lot. And so <laughs> I can see that That's happening in, in, in that case. Um, her somehow on the fly, learning in the fight and making adjustments unnecessary to take him out. And also maybe doing a little bit of getting in close in contact and cheap blocking a little bit because Sokka was able to get in uh, fairly close, and she's way quicker than Sokka is. Granted, man, that, that it's hard to kind of use that fight because he was easily, he wasn't going that hard on Sokka. Um, he, but he, was in, still, he was talking about practice right there is what he was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I don't know, but you guys don't have to be dumb like me, but I wrote mine down so I can like do it like a reveal. Um, yeah, I, I wrote mine down too, actually. Excellent. All right, Chris, you got something to write it down? I got a tablet. I'll be, yeah, which is zooms in there. I'll be uh, even more of a whiz kid. I don't I feel know. Like what I'm, I'm wagering on on Jeopardy or something here. Hopefully okay. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it doesn't show up in like the reverse or something like that. <laughs> you guess go and you wagered for it. Go for it. Oh, that's a, that's not the most I can do this thing. Anyway, this is good enough. All right. Ready? Uh, so just on three, one. Two, three. Uh, no. Oh, nice. Oh, oh did I nice. write my backwards? Oh, I wrote my backwards, <laughs> didn't I? Oh, that's so sad. I wrote did, my backwards. What did you say, Sean? I did. I did Pandau. Oh, we appear uh, <laughs> to choose Suki. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Was... Hey, it would have been sad if it was a if it was a three zero. You know, that wouldn't have been any fun. Uh, how about how, how about some rationale? What was what was your your swing factor? Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing, one of the big things I, I didn't get around to talking about, but I had been thinking about this ever since I, around the time that Ty Lee got knocked out and I was like, okay, well, maybe Suki's going to make it all the way to the end. Um, I, I think that there's, there's something about Suki and it's not, it's not something that's completely quantifiable in terms of the fighting style, but um, mindset, confidence, and, and like that balance of mind that she has, I think that she has been in some really tough situations but i don't think i don't think she's ever in a situation where she doesn't think i can win this um i think that 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 level of persistence of course pandao has that too being um as experienced and as well practiced as he is but i i don't know something about that that determination that optimism and that uh perseverance that suki has along with the other skills that we already know she has i think for me it it gives her enough that at least half of the time she would be winning and so when it's a coin toss i kind 
choose somebody. <laughs> um, and I, I went Suki just because of, um, because of that factor. Nice. Yeah, for me, I chose Suki because it came down to quantity over quality <laughs> in this case. Because, I mean, they're both quality in all these things. But Suki had a little bit too much armory and weapons. I think that it was she was able to overcome uh, Master Piandao's just one sword. I mean, she had the fan. She had the shield. She had the sword. And then she also had just her armor on herself, which that's very thick armor. And it's, it's chain link. And, like, to me, that's almost a shield in of itself. And she's still very agile in there. Um, and I think in order to disarm her from all these things, Master Piandao would have to open himself up and get in, in close with her. And that would lead her to be able to chi block at least some of his points. And I think uh, and that would uh, kind of harm him. Like, sure, he can fight without seeing. And I'm sure he can still do well with like a, with a couple of broken arms. But he gets to a point where you only got like one functioning leg and one fully functioning arm. Like how you just, mm -hmm. the, the match becomes a little bit harder and harder to win at that point. And I think Suki is skilled enough and agile enough that she can even uh, overcome that sort of that, that second win that he would get or that perseverance that he has. I went with uh, I went with Pandao because I, I, I keep going back to that rule of like, you know, six out of ten uh, majority of the time. And I just think uh, I, I kept thinking that, you know, what, all it's going to take still is one good strike from Pandao, like one well-timed strike where he doesn't have to bother with uh, incapacitating all of her other things, just experience and knowing when she in her, she's normally kind of defensive, I would say would be slightly more her style. Um, and I think he could get her out of her comfort zone more often than not and force her to attack and then use his reach. And, you know, it may not, it may not pierce the, the chain mail, but like, it's still gonna break a rib, break an arm, you know, like it's gonna, it's gonna incapacitate her. And that's part of her strengths. Um, just using multi multiple weapons and quickness. And I think he's going to find a way to sort of debilitate that more often than not. But it was really close, and I'm glad it broke down to these two. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it too much before, but these are certainly... I think this is about as interesting of a championship match as it could have been. Yeah, definitely. I think that one thing I kept going back to as we were going through, I was like, I was looking through the list, and I was like, man, after we did our first Pandao match, our second Pandao match, and I was like, who here can beat Pandao? Like, is there anybody <laughs> yeah. here who can? And I think the only person on the list that I came to, I was like, I think that Suki might be able to beat him. And she she was the only one. I think if it was anybody else in this finals, Pandao definitely would have taken it. I And originally I was like, okay, I think that Ty Lee is going to take it. I think that was who I thought was going to go all the way. Um, and then she got cut off halfway. I think I think that Ty Lee would have had a better chance against Pandao for me personally because I think she I still maintain that I think she's quicker and probably more athletic, especially without being weighed down by armor and things. Mm -hmm. That she would have been more likely to be able to uh, to be able to chi block Pandao in a spot or two. Um, but then again, if you, you got no armor, all it takes one swipe of the sword and you're done. So that's a toss up. But uh, so that being said, like, I think this is about as interesting as a championship match could be uh, between any two people on the entire list, I think. Yeah. Interesting yeah. <laughs> enough with Suki and her agility in the, in the armor, she's able to swim at full speed, you know, even in her armor, you know, when she saved uh, Toph from drowning, even though Toph wanted to be drowned yeah. shortly after that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but, I, I yeah, just, was... I'm just saying, I think Ty Lee would still be uh, in their given costumes and their given outfits. Yeah. I think Ty Lee would have uh, an agility um, and, <laughs> right. and sort of speed and athleticism advantage, but still you're taking a bigger risk where, you know, one sword yeah. type. But um, so, no, yeah, I think the deserving people reach our... the finals. Yeah, you're talking about our one, two, and three seed here, right? Like, you're not, you're not yeah, talking about. Yeah, it all worked out really well in that sense. And I'm really glad far down the list, like, if anybody was going to be in the finals, it was probably going to be some combination of at least one of these three, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we had a we had a, a Cinderella story in there for a bit. Like, that's, that's important. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have you gotta have a Cinderella. So way to go, Steph Curry. The you know that was a, a like a long range reference. With Steph Curry <laughs> to the Archer. Um, yeah. So yeah, I well this means that we have scientifically proven without a doubt uh, <laughs> that Suki is the best non-bender yeah. uh, in the Avatar The Last Airbender or Legend of Korra universe. So I put this yes. picture of Panda out here because I felt like I had to have a picture, so I just defaulted to the one seed. I wasn't <laughs> trying to make a, a bad prediction um, or anything. Uh, but before we before we split and go our separate ways, maybe like just one one last surprise that that struck you during our discussion. Maybe somebody didn't go as far as you thought or vice versa. Yeah. Um. Probably Sokka. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe because there's just a little bit of bias, I think, with us. But I think we were fairly objective with uh with our rankings. If, if I wasn't objective, I would have sent Asami farther because I, I love that character, mm-hmm. and I probably would have maybe had Sokka go a little farther. But yeah, I think for me, um, one thing I I, I like to do with with these kinds of uh with these kinds of brackets, I like to not try to predict who's gonna be going forward in all of the first matches i just kind of look at it and take it at face value uh i think for me the biggest surprise was um even though i voted for hakoda was tylee not going for going uh over against hakoda um and then probably second would be uh jet not advancing at all i don't like jet so that wasn't a big deal for me that's fine (laughs) (laughs) uh i think i was I was a little sad that Asami didn't get to get to go a little farther either. Uh, but I think that it's just a kind of how the matchup fell that in most scenarios she could have advanced, but she came up against the Cinderella story. So probably disappointment that Asami didn't go farther. I would have been more disappointed in Sokka, but again, that was another matchup thing of like, uh, it's kind of a win-win. Like it's either Sokka or Hakoda. It's going to yeah, be happy yeah. either way. So um, Asami for me was disappointing how that fell out but that's okay that's all right um and, so well, i was so i was looking up uh testin jutsu which is like the art of fan fighting <laughs> because it just interested me um so at the bottom of it it said apart from using it in duels against enemies armed with swords and spears the skilled looter could also use it to fence off and fend off knives and poison darts thrown at him like a sword the testing could be a dual wielded to parry with one hand and attack with the other so I think honestly, I think Suki is probably one of the most like she has a great combination of all a lot of the skills that all of these fighters have. She's very agile. She has like a bunch of different weapons, and she can chi block. Like she has the best of a lot of worlds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you look at her, like she's got the she's got like the brains that like Hakoda and Sokka kind of carry around in their fighting style. Like you yeah. know, she's got she's got a version of that. The agility that uh, Tai Lee has, she's got a version of that the skill with the weapon that Pandao has, she's got a version of that. Like she's got kind of everything on the list going for her. Well put. She she is my Batman. Oh I'll, I'll yeah. stick to that. Batman uh, always wins. Yeah, Batman well most Batman time, always wins. 
Most of the time. <laughs> They'll always ride him back in somehow. That's right. He'll never. He's never gone. Let's put it that way. He never gets knocked out of the tournament. Yeah. But, well, hey, that that's really all I have. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know if I, unless you guys have any closing words, closing thoughts. Um, I I had a lot of fun. It was a nice idea, and I'm a huge sports fan, so I've been trying to find ways to cope with the loss of March Madness. So any any little bracket fit penciling in I can do to to tide me over makes me feel good. And yeah. what what better to do it with than characters from the universe of the best TV show? Yeah, and if you guys want uh, more bracket action over at uh, if you follow us at the Aeropod and also maybe uh, check out Beyond Bending Podcast and Legend of Portalcast, uh, the three of us we all teamed up to do another March Madness style bracket with sixty four characters, and it's not about who would win the fight; it's just about uh, your favorite characters. So we might nice. be getting closer to the end of it um pretty soon but there's still time to vote on it so uh come come on over find the link and check us out excellent well thank you very much chandler for joining us chris thanks for being here like always um i'm sean chandler chris board is down at the bottom that's the objective geek on youtube and twitter and chandler i won't uh, i don't know if you have personal personal accounts or anything like that uh but you're gonna get to him at the arrow podcast mm-hmm. um on twitter but tell us where else you are I, we interact with you on twitter yeah so uh the arrow podcast we are pretty we're getting more active on twitter we have a pretty active instagram uh we have a youtube channel that may be resurrected from the grave one day but uh we have some we have a a few little cool videos up there too so uh you can look out you can look out for us there you know we've actually had the best luck with our podcast in terms of viewership on youtube so um Hmm. if i can offer any recommendation um find find something to slap as a background on there and paste the audio over top of it and get it on youtube I know that's how I still listen to most of my podcasts there as well. But obviously it's an extra step of, of video editing and, and rendering and all that stuff, even if it's just an image. But if you're able, I do recommend it. I think that gets uh, a lot of it comes through Chris's channel and they, they scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And then somewhere down there, they find our <laughs> podcast and good, good viewership from there. So well, thanks awesome. a lot, Chandler. It's great to talk to you in person. And we hope yeah. to have you back on the show soon. Everyone else, thank you very much for listening and participating. Please leave your thoughts in the comments below. We'd love to know where we messed up, what we overlooked. Um, <laughs> if you, I wanted a playing game between foamy mouth person and cabbage person, but you know what? It just wasn't wasn't in the cards. <laughs> next time, <laughs> yeah. Next time. So anyway, this has been Avatar: The Last Podcasters. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week.